Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Let's fix that view. Oh, Dennis, what happened to your camera? We're off to the side here, but that's all right. Good morning. Oh, whoa. Good morning, everybody. Well, Dennis fixes his camera. Welcome to pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick, Joel Alcon will be with us in a second. Oh, man, guys, I got to tell you, last year was so crazy that I've forgotten what it's like during the summer. And it is quiet. Let me tell you. There's Joel. It is quiet, quiet, quiet this morning. We're going to talk about the rotation into tech away from the banks. Um, we'll take questions from our chat. We'll talk follow through in uh, Chinese stocks. A bunch of them are trading higher this morning, though DD is not so much. Uh, two guests on the docket today. First up at 8.35, we'll be joined by David Green, uh, the man who has been uh, trading at the Open with us for, for about a month or so. He will share some, uh, some old Floor stories with us at 8.35. And then at 9, I'll be joined by Callie Cox. She is the senior investment strategist at Ally Invest. Uh, in the meantime, go ahead and smash that like button. Joel, how are we doing this morning? It's awfully quiet out there. No, it's, well, we're up 10 handles. Uh, another amazing uh, correction we had in the market yesterday. Uh, we got down about 30 handles and buy the dippers came in actually you had a, a look at friday's low friday's low globex low 08 you hit 05 yesterday and here we are we're knocking on the door uh one number one number only on the upside we'll give that a little bit later on uh crude wild day in crude yesterday up a buck 13 now but that thing had a four buck range yesterday uh, got a good level to keep an eye on here in the crude market after those two vile or volatile day and then the backup day today. Uh, gold at back over four eighteen hundred up fourteen twenty at oh eight forty. Silver back in the green. That's up thirty five cents at twenty eight fifty three. Bitcoin really finding a home here at around thirty five k up a G. At thirty-four thousand nine eighty-five, and Ethereum that had a pretty good day yesterday. Uh, that's up sixty-four bucks, twenty-four hundred on the futures. Uh, Triple D, quiet wow. day, summer trading. Not wow. quite the excitement we had yesterday. We're gonna have to, we might have to uh, make some stuff up today. <laughs> Well, not a lot of news, really, but we are in holiday trade, so you're going to see it a bit quieter. There was a lot of rotation yesterday, and that rotation continues clearly here this morning. Amazon, mega cap, benefiting from the rotation. 
cyclicals, doubt components, banks not benefiting from the rotation, commodities not benefiting from the rotation either. This morning we were seeing a little rally in gold. It was bucking the trend there uh, yesterday to a certain extent until it turned around and gave a lot of it back. So clear rotation into what has been working over the course of the last decade, and that is mega cap. And you had new all-time highs for Amazon, new all-time highs for Google, new all-time highs for Microsoft, Apple right there close to a new all-time high. Facebook wasn't participating as much, but Facebook had a better run than a lot of the other ones. Yep. So, I mean, the talk, what everybody was talking about yesterday was Amazon, um, whether it was the contract that they got, you know, getting shared contract with Microsoft um, or, you know, it's just a pure technical breakout, which I tend to lean on to. I mean, we've had basically a year of consolidation here on Amazon between 3000 and 3500 And now we are breaking out. Full disclosure, I am long Amazon. It's a big portion of my long-term portfolio. Um, directly and indirectly because it's loaded up and obviously the queues and the other stuff that I own as well. So I'm always happy when Amazon's making new highs. I've said on this show for you know a long time that I think eventually Amazon's going to see 5,000. I'm not sure if this is the run to 5,000. I think you're going to you know stall out probably. I think it's got four on the mind. I would not be yeah. surprised if we could see 4,000. Um, not, I don't know, in short order, but I mean, if we're going up 200 bucks a day, it wouldn't take very long. I'm not sure that's going to continue. Four thousand would be a natural stopping point for it, though. Um, I think that uh, I think there's uh, some ransomware in my car because I had a special investment committee meeting on Saturday. <laughs> I and, love these committee meetings. No, this is a special one. No, it was actually Fourth of July, and I just I looked at that chart and I'm just like, this thing is going to break out, and I wanted to get in before the breakout. And uh, you know, Lisa's like, well, it already went from thirty two hundred to thirty five hundred. And I'm how high could it go? And I said, fourth, I said, because I'm thinking stock split. You know, that's what I had on my well, mind. That oh, would be a driver to 5,000 if that exactly. happened. I'm not uh, sure that's going to happen, but 11, yeah. 11 month consolidation. Yeah. You're building a base there. Yeah. Um, earnings, you know, coming around the corner. I think that, uh, I think that Barron's goosed it a little bit. Over the weekend, they did a thing about the transition with the new guy, and they thought, you know, so I'll give Barron some credit on that. Um, and then I think midday Kramer said something that was uh, that was mildly positive about it. But I don't know now. I mean, it just don't feel like you're going to get a pullback to thirty, you know, to the old highs. I mean, that it just it doesn't feel like you're going to get that. So I got to have to come up with a new strategy. But I did get a question yesterday, and it might have been in the afternoon chat. Uh, and let's just talk to banks for a minute. Sure. I mean, let's just go. Let's go. J.P. Morgan, right? Mm-hmm. Earnings next week while I'm gone, July thirteenth. Does that? I mean, is this setting up for a pre-earnings run? I. I, my answer was yeah, but if you do, it just seems like it's it just seems like the banks are out of favor a little bit now. So I don't there. think you're going to get a rip up to 160 pre earnings run. How, how do you feel looking at the chart? And the just- banks were getting some love because obviously we were anticipating the stress test. We were anticipating some dividend raises. We were anticipating some buybacks. We kind of got that. And I always say stocks want something to look forward to. The problem is the banks are very inversely correlated with the TLT, and Look the TLT that. continues to rip. We've seen, you know, the growth tech the, and the mega tech trade positively correlated with the TLT, and the bank trade is negatively correlated with the TLT. 
So looking at it from that perspective, TLT has been ripping and running here for the better part of a month. So it's not surprising the bank trade has come off. I have a visitor here this morning. So uh, hanging out here, just hiding in the screen. So <laughs> no. we, we had somebody break into the office here. I Do they want toast? Is that the problem? I think that's what it is. You want toast? Toast. Make visitor. toast. We have a visitor. Make toast now. <laughs> You're lucky, man. <laughs> toast. She says toast. <laughs> oh man. I'm I'm jealous jealous now. She says toast. She likes toast. <laughs> okay. Special hey, Dennis, Dennis did, 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 did her did her hair this morning. As you I, can I'm tell. good at doing hair. I know. <laughs> Look at the hair. We're very good. <laughs> Toast, toast, toast. I don't know if you can hear that. She's yeah, toast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, man. We, we, okay. We, don't, don't Go we tell mommy you want some toast. She runs <laughs> off. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, she's back again. You got to teach her how to use a toaster, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I might have to go make toast here. <laughs> hey. You're, you're toast. I am toast. Hey, he's toast. That's exactly so, right. cap trade. Going back to that as I get my arm dragged to the toaster. Uh, $3,702 here. Amazon, the, the, the run does continue here this morning. Lisa is correct. This has been a pretty big run. It's 10% in three days. I mean, I if you're coming in buying it now, I said it's it not Sunday, out of the realm though. of possibilities. You could get a pullback to it's, the recent resistance no. area, which is like that 35 to 36. Yeah, never, it's never going back there. It's never ever going back there again. Joel's so upset that he's missed this Amazon thing. But I <laughs> thought about it. And I wrote about it. it. I, I wrote about it in my weekend thing. I thought about it. I wrote about it. I, I wrote it down. And I'm like, and I also prefaced this thing by I said, when have you seen me super bullish something? <laughs> like, I, I was like super, like, super bullish. I was like digging my foot into the ground and like snorting while I was driving. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, they'll get a pullback. It will get a pull, but then I'll come back to thirty-five fifty, and I'll be like, "Oh no, it's a failed breakout." Now I'm hoping they miss earnings. Is what yeah, I want. Yeah, well, we're waiting from earnings. When is the earnings date? Not till July twenty ninth. That's why I wanted to be in it because I thought you know we could get in a good piece, and then it would run into earnings, and then if you wanted to take a little bit off the table. Um, but whatever, we just gotta just gotta come up with a new plan here. Or just close my eyes and buy it which is which i should have done on friday but well, yeah, um, that's what i'm trying to say i don't know what, what just i'm back in one minute i gotta go find where I, 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 obviously I, I, she's distracted yeah whatever it's you uh guys both, you and dennis both do this thing where you think oh no i missed it oh i didn't. Uh, just it, just do it just do it just nike man just do it Okay. Do it. All right. Let's. Uh. Yeah. Um. A lot of factors here. I don't think people. I. I think the Amazon things here. You know. Even though the pandemic is over, it's just so darn convenient. You know. Yeah. Seriously. But that's enough of this. Is not the Amazon show. Uh. What do we want to talk? Do we want to get the China stuff out of the way? Uh, Let's let's stay with tech for a second and just talk Nvidia here. Um. When is the official day on that? Um. I. Uh, the twentieth, right? July twentieth. Yeah, and it's it, it's a one it's a one for four. Oh, I was back. That's, one uh, for four. Wait, <laughs> right, right, one a, for, one for four, and it's July four 20th. for one. What are you talking about? What's it's not a one? reverse? Oh, are you talking the right. Nvidia split again? Yeah, I'm sorry. Four for one. You're right. Has anybody it, ever said like we're gonna do a four for one, but then they changed their mind to do a six for one because the stock went up so much? No, I don't think that's ever happened. 
but that's funny. That's actually what kind of does happen all the time. They usually go up that much ahead of them. When is the date? July July 20th. Oh, it's coming. Okay. But I mean, this has just been an incredible split run from 600 to 800. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, they just love splits. This market loves splits and it hates reverse splits. Look at AHT. Holy cow. What did they do yesterday? They did reverse, but it was like three when we were talking about the show. Lost another 50 cents. So, oh my goodness, man. They hate reverse splits. So it's exact opposite trade. Split good, reverse split bad. Wowzers. But and what um, about GE? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, GE, it's the end of the oh, month. Oh, I had a bad day so, yesterday, so too. It, it has been getting love. There's definitely no love there. If they cancel the reverse split, the stock could gap up. I'll tell you that right now. If they said reverse split, we we decided again the board, you know, we decided I guess it's already been approved, but they decided to cancel against it, it would gap up a buck on it. So I nobody likes getting their shares taken away. And what often happens, people don't you know that don't have experience with reverse splits is you see the stock. So they, 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 there's people, you know, that obviously on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, well, it's just the same. You know, you're just, you know, the stock's going to gap up. The problem is the stock never seems to gap up as much as it should. And then it seems to leak right away, too, with these reverse splits. So a lot of times if you see, um, I don't know what the AHT was. Was it 1 for 10 or 10 for 1? Yep. yep. 1 for 10. So hypothetically, just to say, I don't know the date on it, but I'm not following the story that closely. But let's say hypothetically it's $2.50 when the reverse split hits. Yes, the stock should gap up to $25, and then you're only going to have 10% of the shares. Um, so, But what often happens is you see it gap up to like 23. It doesn't quite get there. So they it, you get nailed there a little bit. And then what happens is there's people that come in and they start banging out bids again. And you see the thing, you know, start going down like 20 and 19. You see this again and again reverse splits. So and now it's like out of buck 90 if you did a post split. That's what typically happens. I'm not going to say it's going to happen with the case of AHT. That's what typically happens is they gap up. They don't gap up as much as they're supposed to the next day. And then they just kind of leak and they slowly leak away again. It's like people just, you know, come in and they sell it. They think the stock's higher. They're going to sell it now. And it doesn't make any sense. But that's what typically happens. So reverse splits are just not fun. Well, why do you think GE's doing it? I don't understand. We, we haven't understood it. They were even Karen Feinerman was saying on Fast Money, you know, when they announced this. Nobody gets it. You you do reverse splits for, for reasons that AHT might might do it where you want to get your stock price higher back up over the five dollars. Um, you know when you get really low, a lot of times they do reverse splits because when a stock falls under a buck, it doesn't hit listing requirements anymore. So sometimes you'll, you'll see reverse splits just to do that. But sometimes gee, you know there's the death spiral financing if you want to get really fun, oh, you know, which, which Jeff Goldman has talked about on her show back in the day. Um, dry ships. Yeah, like there's death spiral, fi- a death spiral financing where they, you know they do the reverse split and then they and they pop them back up again and then they finance and they sell more stock and then they reverse split again and this process just continues itself and you get this dry ships chart I and mean, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. There, you know, the all time high is like ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Reverse split so many times, so it's not fun. Reverse splits are not a good thing. They're never seen well by the market. Um, I'm very surprised. I don't understand why GE is doing it. Maybe they want to think that they're cool and they know they're going to have a $70, $80 price there again. But I will not be owning GE prior to the reverse split. I love owning other stocks prior to the splits. I don't want to own, just from my experience, quantitative approach to the markets. Typically, you lose money holding stocks prior to reverse splits. You make money holding stocks prior to regular splits. I know fundamentally... It's supposed to be the same before and after. It just doesn't work out that way in the real trading world. 
Yeah, well, we'll see what the, I mean. Bad day yesterday. I mean, I guess it was for uh, GE. I just uh, twelve eighty stuck out. I know I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. It came down to twelve eighty, bounced, and then revisited. Came down again. Ooh, I don't know. You're chaining up uh, just a hair. If they make uh, if they make thirteen twenty the wall again here, I don't know. That, that's come down too many times. Look at this. Even going back into April, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Whew. Keep an eye. Twelve eighty. G. Did I, you? Uh, I, I left there for just a minute. When you went to Nvidia, did you give your proposal for the new Fang there, Mister Israel? I, I, I don't want to take ownership of this. It was on Twitter yesterday. I saw it from a couple of people, so I, no one person. I'm sure somebody thought of this. Oh no, you did. Spencer. Somebody had to have been first, but it wasn't me. But the proposal is we we just replace within Fang. We just replace Netflix with NVIDIA. That's the proposal. I, I like that I'm proposal. throwing it out there to the investment committee. Investment committee, are we replacing Inv- uh, Netflix with Hold NVIDIA? Hold on. I think that's a good replacement. Replacing okay. Netflix with NVIDIA. So Fang would now be Facebook, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, well, Google. Well, the double A Fang yeah, has Apple right. if you go the double A Fang. Or no, no, no. Actually, it's it's Fan Mag, right? It's Facebook. Oh, Apple. yeah. They like that in there, too. It, it's Facebook. Apple, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Amazon, Google. Google. I tell you, did you, uh, uh, Dennis? Did you catch any of the afternoon show before I came on yesterday? No. Spencer was doing technicals. Oh, I had to do. I had to do a double take because I thought I thought it was me or you. Stop it! Israel's getting these levels figured out. No, I mean this guy was like talking open. He was talking about a two-day close. Like, this thing isn't going anywhere. I really thought it was Edwards and McGee. I really did. I really did. He is, man. So if he says he made up the new fang, then, I mean, he is just, he's MIP, most improved producer. There you go. Well, that, we got him an award. Okay. We love our acronyms on the show. These guys are smart, okay? okay. No. <laughs> what about AMD? What about AMD? AMD. What is, I, not AMD, actually. Well, oh, it's hanging I, I, up out here. To, to, we tried to get to 100. I'm long AMD, full disclosure. I ne- I rarely, rarely, rarely buy the bottom, but I basically bought the bottom in those five days in May. I don't remember which day it was, but I think I bought this at $73. And I just said to myself, I was going to lean on the low. Um, I sold half of the shares around 85, maybe 83, somewhere in there. And then I've kept half of it. So it was a swing trade gone good. This might swing trade. I'm almost tempted to put it into a long-term investment portfolio now. Do you think AMD is going to see 100 bucks? Oh, man, I'm dying. I'm dying to see what it did yesterday because, yep, I, I gave I gave this level out to the uh, – Oh, you got a big level. Yeah, out to the uh, pre-market prep uh, plus peeps. Um, all right, you see – this, these highs, right? It kind of looks like, oh, there's nothing here, right? You know, look at this. Wow, look at this. But if you go out like this, what do you see? A lot of resistance, yeah. a lot of overhead supply, yeah. a lot of people stuck from when yep. they thought it was going to go to 100 the first time. Yep. And that was a little bit, that was a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So I was off. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, because I, when I see three numbers like that, and they're far away from 96. I just give like, okay, three quarters. So 95, 75. That would have been where I you know, would have had the big order out. But it didn't get there. 
it only got to what 9541, right? So I mean there's some big boys. Let's let's see what happens. But I just I see those three highs right there like this, and I, that was just after it came off the old time high. You know, a bad day, and then you had to hiccup. And they're like, oh, under 90. Oh, I'm selling it. 96, and then it didn't happen. So keep an eye on that. If it could, like, stay up here for another couple days and consolidate, you know, maybe make a close at, like, 95 and a quarter, you know, and get a running start in it. Yeah. But it just seems like there's some big boys out there at that level. I, it's but got I'm glad some work to do here. I agree. It's not just going to fly to 100. I believe it does have it's work got to some do, work. like Joel. It's got some work to do here. We know Amazon worked for a long time there, obviously, for yep. the better part of a year to get through its major resistance. We are back up to the to the crime scene where, you know, we all thought I was going to hit 100. and no, I got to 99.23, and then they pulled the rug out from under it. So back to the original place, the crime scene. Can it get to yep. 100 this time? I, I'm. Uh, this is a swing trade that has really exceeded my expectations here now. Um, I was risking about two bucks. That's what I had decided. Woo-hoo! I was going to let it take out, and I'm up 20 bucks in it. So it's a swing trade that I'm still, like I said, I've sold half of it. I sold half of it, and then I've held on the other half, but I was like, I could just hold on to this definitely here. So you start to get yeah, the comfort why? zone when you start to get up enough. And, and, you know, and sometimes that does happen. You know, Sun Power was like like another one for me. It was a swing trade that just exploded so much that I was able to take out my initial cost base. And I was like, I'll oh, just hold on to the rest of it. So I don't know. I, I think eventually it does see over 100, but it does have work to do. So I agree with Mr. Alcott. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, Goldman Sachs, well, Goldman Sachs always kind of been uh, poo-pooed that stock. Uh, but, you know, you get, a, you get a new chip, you get an up, you know, upgrade. I just see this running that NVIDIA's had, and you think eventually maybe AMD's going to have the catch-up trade, too. I mean, they never seem to give Intel love. You still got your yeah. Intel? Yeah, I still got that I do, trade. too. I'm, I'm in a 54. I, I somehow, I, I, I made some good buys in May, because I bought that near the low, too. And went into 58. It's kind of 56. I'm setting up, I'm up two points in it. I don't know. It kind of does nothing. I feel like eventually there's going to be some life here, though. But right now, Intel. It just seems like they're they're kind of like they're kind of like the uh, Lordstown of the chip sector. (laughs) Whoa, whoa! Yeah, where do we got ride? But ride it on. No, it just seems like they just come out with bad news, bad news, bad news. You know, they get up a little bit. You know what I'll do? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna keep an eye on Intel, and I am gonna. I'm not even gonna take this one to the investment committee. If this thing breaks out over 58, then then I'm gonna I'm not gonna try and pick. I mean, it looks like a trading range 56, 58, 56, 58. But I think once it clears that 58 for good, then you go up. It's gonna fill that gap someday, just under 62. Uh, but uh, Spencer, you know, remember that one guy we had on, um, and he analyzed uh, changes in the C-suite. Remember him? We only had. Was yeah. it Colby Howard? Yeah, that's who it was. Colby Howard. We should we should dig him up. Okay, because that, that, that was the day that Intel that the Intel. Yeah, that the guy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's I, not well, do it the week I'm gone, but let's okay. let's get that guy. Okay. Let's get Colby that guy on. See what he has to say. I, I got some notes. I got to write down on my notes. Colby Howard. Get get Colby Howard back down. All right. Um, can we talk China for a second here? Because with the exception of DD, a lot of these stocks are bouncing this morning. 
Um, DD got removed from some more stuff overnight. Uh, what happened with uh, now? <laughs> taken, taken off the, the Alipay store and a few other things. There's a bunch of platforms. They hate DD. <laughs> Being DD should have been doo doo. <laughs> you call that yourself, Dennis? <laughs> Just popped my head, but I'm sure I'm sure it's out there. That looks like a low hanging fruit run. Once, I'm, so I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure I didn't coin that one. That was a low hanging fruit run. That was this pitch up the middle for everyone on Twitter. It's probably a thousand people that think they created that. I didn't read it anywhere, but it just popped my head. So I'm sure it popped in another thousand people's heads too. So yeah, I, mean, I, 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 can't, I don't even know what to say on this. Um, it, 1090 was the pre-market low from yesterday. It didn't get there. Level. I mean, what? I mean, if what 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 can they do? I mean, I think if there's anything that we've learned from the Alibaba uh, thing is it this just doesn't go away. I mean, it's not they're not tomorrow. They don't bounce back from. They just Chinese don't bounce back, and I don't regulation. I don't want to get into whole you know Joe Kernan. Oh, this is the new Cold War, and or uh, what's that Joker's name? I have CNBC on for like maybe five minutes every morning, and then I hear about, it and then I go click. And I just would rather hear silence. But um, what's his name? Um, Scaramucci. Yeah, he was on this morning. He was on this morning, and he Mooch. said, "Yeah, Mooch. you know what he said? No. He said, oh, this just shows the giant China knows they can't catch up with us technology-wise.'" And I'm like, "What? Where did he get that from?" I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard. I mean, you, you can't take new customers after an IPO. I mean, I don't when, know when. Well, yeah, when you've got the Chinese regulator breathing down your neck, the point you're making is it doesn't seem to go away as easily as it does over in North America. You know, the regulator breathes down the right. neck. I mean, for crying out loud, you get these antitrust stuff, you know, with Google and, you know, two or three years ago, they're not even showing up to the hearings. Yes. I mean, they, there's an empty seat there. They don't even bother. They think they're above the law, which maybe they are in North America. But I tell you, you're not above the law in China. And the regulator starts, you know, doing stuff like this and pulling you from the app store. You're at the mercy of the regulator. So regulator might come out and say, okay, you know, whatever's happened, you know, we're fine with it. It goes back on the app store. DD gaps up huge if that happens. I don't know if that's imminent. And I don't know if it's going to get worse. What if they all of a sudden say the people who have downloaded the app now no longer can use it? What happens then? So you're so much regulatory risk. You can't really use technicals on something like this you can't look at you know cash flow projections or anything because we don't know where what's going to happen with the regulatory risk so i'm almost out until i get more clarity on where we're going it's the same reason i was really nervous about my baba position back you know when it started going down with jack ma i was like yeah you know from a fundamental basis baba's dirt cheap but if they're still out of favor with the regulator that regulator can do whatever they want over there yeah. So they can totally control a communist country much different than a free country. I, so. I, like, I like when Matt, Matt Hammond was on Parry yesterday uh, talking about it because he's, he's our IPO guy. And he, he, his point was if you, if you live in a, in a Western uh, democracy, it's hard to comprehend, really. For sure. If you don't live in, in, in a country like China, it's hard to comprehend just how much control the government has and they get what they want, right? What they want it happens right um and if they want to shut you down they will shut you down and uh in this case they want to rein in the billionaires there's a handful of them right and they're trying Did to you see that stat on like billionaires in china there was like some i don't know if it was true it was on twitter but i was reading it and it was like looking through all the billionaires like numbers they had them ranked like yeah. by, by numbers 
and they're and the bottom so where are they today you know and there's like billionaires the bottom 18 percent are dead it's a dead i don't know if that's true but and then there was like another 12 percent that are in jail i mean that's scary i don't know if that's true but that was flying around on twitter so they do not like independent wealth creation if you're not you gotta let the government participate I mean, that's a big thing there, too, is they want to make the money along with the companies. And when, you know, Jack Ma was in good, Alibaba was in good forever in, in China. And Baba was, you know, but now all of a sudden, not in as good, and they're not making as much money. And yeah. then you look, you know, like you've got other companies like Tencent that seem to, you know, go, you know, that are in good. There's, there's definitely some countries that are in good with the government. But it's very important in China to stay in good with the government. And when you're on the outs, it seems hard to get back in. So if Didi's on the outs, it's not probably imminent that they're going to get back in with the government. It's all going to be okay. Not very forgiving. So I'd be scared. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's a tough event. I mean, when you don't, when unknowns, I mean, that's the worst thing you can have in a stock is unknowns. But I don't know. It's the bigger picture. I I don't. I want to just ignore it and. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> bigger picture. I sold my K Web. I'm I'm done. Uh, I yeah, it's hard I, to be an I, investor in China. Yeah, it's I mean, look at K Web. There, there is Baba's cheap on a relative valuation. I know, it's dirt I know. cheap, and I kind of want to rebuy the Baba that I just sold at two thirty. I kind of want to rebuy it at this two hundred nine, two ten level. It's natural. You would think it probably is going to bounce in here, and I still own the long term shares, but you know uh, the extra shares that I bought, but. You look at all, and you just don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's if they're past, you know, the regulatory concerns here. You know, they pulled the Ant Financial. They did a lot of stuff to Baba, and I don't know if Baba's back in yet. So it makes me concerned. You know, you can take all the fundamentals you want and look at the valuations and say Didi is cheap relative to Uber and Lyft. Sure. But if they pull in the app from the App Store, and they're going to stop users being able to use it. If that's the next step, it could be. I mean, then you got to throw valuation out the window. So it's a scary situation. Um, you know, maybe it turns around, you know, maybe they get back in with the regulator, but they need to start kissing up to the regulator over there. That's what they need to do. <laughs> Dennis, uh, the ambassador from Canada to China. <laughs> yes. I'm not getting invited there anytime soon. After no, those I don't comments. think I just heard it was Twitter. I don't know if that was true. But yeah, was, Dennis, that's a pretty big. Uh, I'm not um, sure if that was. I'll true. say I have to uh, find it on Twitter. I'll retweet for it. full disclosure. That was Dennis's statement. Uh, <laughs> when the Chinese government comes <laughs> in and shuts the show down here for saying that, but yeah, just saying yeah. there's you know, uh, it's yeah. a different world I, I, over there, not in when, Kansas anymore. Here, Joel, when you're dead, I guess. How do you be a billionaire when you're dead? <laughs> Man, well, they probably just died of old age. <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's probably right, somebody yeah. that's spinning the facts. And they probably was a, they they are dead and they were probably dead because of old age or something or natural. All right, let's, let's stop talking about dead. <laughs> we're, we're we're back pedaling okay, here now because we bad. don't want the Chinese regulators shutting down the show. I don't. I don't want. To, I don't. <laughs> we're sorry. We didn't mean that. I just was. I just was saying what I saw on Twitter. I'm not sure. It's oh well, then I'm sure it's 100 percent valid information. If you saw that, but, but but the point being, there's a lot of people that like here's popcorn in the chat. Great great handle. I won't buy Chinese stocks again. How many people are the same way? I, I mean, Kramer was saying I'll buy Steve Chinese Boyd. IPO again. He was saying it on CNBC. That's what Steve. Uh, what, what's his uh, Gra- Grasso said that right? Didn't he? Uh, uh, I, I, no, I, I'm hesitant to buy a Chinese IPO. It can have the greatest fundamentals in the world, but I mean, you know, after this, you're like, well, I I kind of feel like I got screwed, and I didn't buy DD. But if you did, you'd be like, I totally got screwed here. 
yeah. you know, they come out two days after the IPO and they hammer it with a bunch of regulatory and removing the app from the app store. Yeah. I mean, why wasn't that done a couple of days before? You know, why wasn't that done before it went public? And there's and that full disclosure Chinese government saying, we told DD not to go public, that this was coming. And we don't know what the truth is there. We don't we, know. We have no way there. of knowing. We have we no can... way of knowing. But <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm there's a put... major reason why EEM has massively uh, underperformed like, oh. the U.S. markets. EEM. Bring up the long-term chart of EEM I, because it's a important conversation. Look we might as well go the next two minutes on China because yeah. we've got okay. our guests coming up. It's, but bring up the decade chart of EEM. Yeah. We've gone nowhere for a decade. This is the greatest, one of the greatest bull markets in the U.S. of all time. And if you've been invested in emerging markets for the past decade, there you go, 2008. We never got back to the 2008 highs. Is that right? Now, the FXR. Right here. Yep, this is 07. The what F- is that we're looking at right now? That's the EEM. That is this EEM. Yeah. 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 But why does it say $33 over there? I'm confused. Oh, oh you scrolled further back. Yeah. But, yeah, but no, what was 50. the high? What was the that high? Is, I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, illustrating your point exactly. Yeah, it's the been high, a very the bad close, place to... The close in October 2007 was 55.73. A decade later. More than a decade later. You're still down money. And this that's been a bad what? place to invest for a long time. You know, not just emerging markets a lot, but bring up the FXI. I'll, I don't know if FXI uh, was around back. The, the, right, the, the, the chart looks identical. It looks identical. Okay, let me do it. Let yeah, me bring, bring up, up the, the FXI. FXI. We're just illustrating a point here. I Same mean, chart. this doesn't help. If the Chinese government wants to, you know, their markets, this doesn't help because, uh, you know, you need international Look at that. investors. This is way below. This, this hit 70 in 2007. And now 44. it's 44.22. Yeah. Th- 14 years later. 14 years later, we Yikes. never even came back to those highs. I, I know because I have some emerging markets funds, and these <laughs> things have been dogs for a long time. Every time S&P you think, is okay, leaking. this is the time. All right. We got our guest coming on. Just one final thing about Chinese and this subject. Yeah. Do you know that I've played Lisa like 100 times in Chinese checkers? And I've only beaten her once. <laughs> she beats me. And sometimes I even do her exact strategies. And so, and I get this big lead. And then I don't know how I don't know how she does it. But I'm literally one time in a hundred beating her. And then I make Dana play and I can beat her every once in a while. All right, this is what you do. You she say, doesn't cheat. I watch her the whole time. What do you, do? you say if I win, we, we get to do what I want to do in the portfolio, and then and then you win. That's the cat. That's the. That's how you yeah. Get. Then she'll let me win. Oh no, man! Oh man! Oh, I got another portfolio story. I'm too depressed to talk about. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're all getting depressed here well, now. What? No, no. No. Why are we getting depressed? No one's getting depressed. This is really depressing. <laughs> Why is depressing? Because she picked a stock, and we were we you know we have different accounts, and it, it was supposed to go in like her special pick account, and it went in my account, and it went straight down. Straight down, like no, like you didn't even get to cart it up. You guys got to take this to arbitration or something. I am whatever. I'm. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just gonna buy more. Whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's time for our guest. Save here. us before David China Green. shuts us down. 
<laughs> we'll let Dave do the talking. So mean, the regular mean, so my, my internet just bluffed a bit here, and I was like, "Oh boy, there was a time when we used to have more more glitches, and we'd we'd always blame it on, on China, right? Whenever we would talk smack about them. Anyway, uh, David Green is joining us now. He uh, runs Wall Street Global Trading Academy dot com. He uh, live trades at the open for us three days a week. David, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. Very, um, very uh, interesting conversation you guys are having there. We're getting shut down here, Dave. Benzinga <laughs> <laughs> might get shut down. Does he want, do you want to use a different Chinese name? Comments. That's okay. Watch that David so come funny. on with like a hat and a big nose and everything. And <laughs> I already you. got the big nose. I don't know how it works. All right. All right, David. What are, what are you watching today? Because we're we're lamenting how quiet it is out there. What are you watching today? Yeah, listen, it's a this is summertime. This is the way it is. It's it's been this way for weeks already. Now I know you guys are talking about Didi. I, we got in Didi for the first time yesterday. Really? Oh, you're into it. Yes, we're in Didi first time right here around this eleven ninety level. Um, and of course we'll have a stop order if it goes down from here. But do you guys did you, you guys watch Kramer? All right. Oh yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah, I, you, I watch him. You know, you I know what he say. said on. You know what he said on this IPO. Yeah, I think buy as much as you can. Buy as much as you can. As much as you can on the opening. That was his exact words, and I don't think he said another word about it since then. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, uh, he was tweeting about it last night. He did say he got it wrong, but Apple <laughs> he's did saying the government screwed him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not- Apple did a little thing with them. I think they made a small investment or something. Anyway, I, I think it's fine here at twelve dollars. We know our downside, right? We can only lose twelve dollars from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, because you're a seasoned trader. Where do you said you would stop out? Where would you stop yourself out on a trade like? I that? actually wouldn't. I was just kidding around. I'll add to it and hold on to it. I think it's going to be okay long term. They do this a lot with these Chinese stocks with the regulations, and it ends up not being as big a deal as people think it's going to be. Okay, real long. Great. Uh, you know the one we want to hear. Yeah. Um, Web, you guys see Weibo a few days ago, right? They were going public. The stock went from whatever to private. 80, private. private. It went to $81, whatever right. that yeah. was, right? Yeah. And then they came out a half hour later and said it may not be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, trading wow. in this market has become like the wild, wild west again, which we love. I mean, it's, it's the greatest. They make crap up, you know, they make stuff up and then it shows up out there. Some, somehow, like somebody, like, it's like it starts, you know, oh, they could do this. And then somebody overhears something like, oh, I heard that they're going to do this. And then right. it like goes to itself. And all of a sudden it's an official rumor that gets published by a credible source like Reuters. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, it's like, uh, no, it, it's not happening. I don't think so. So, you know, one of the things that we have to do is educate people when they see things like this happening. Because how many people got, you know, crushed in that stock? I ran it and bought it up to $80. And I'm seeing that every morning in a lot of different stocks. You know, Marin is a stock that we watch and we trade all day long. The stock is $4, it's $22, it's $27, and it's $12, oh, right? Wow. So that's a stock that we watch all the time. Um, one I really like long-term is SoFi. That's one of my favorite longer-term positions. Yeah. Which we recently- Kramer gave that love last night. Kramer did he really? gave that love. Yeah, no, he did. He did. And it popped up a bit. So it's up a little bit here with the Kramer love this morning. Um, he was saying he liked it too. It's a stock that's been beat up, obviously, near the lows here. Um, why Why do you like this one? Well, the re- I think a big reason why it's been beat up a lot, there were a couple of lockup periods just that, that just ended. I've been in this stock pre-IPO. Um, well, it, it was a SPAC, so it converted, correct. It converted from the SPAC to the, the company. Correct. And there's, there was a little lockup period last week, and I think I still think there's a little more lockup period in it. 
I just love the story. I think it's a great company. I think they're going to do very well over a long period of time. And look, just because I hate when people pigeonhole people as day traders, right? That's how we make our living, basically. But there are other stocks that I do long-term stuff. I do swing trades. And um, this happens to be a company that I really like. Again, something you put away. Everybody should have a portion of their portfolio. One for spec stocks. Crazy, stupid stuff where you know you're going to lose. You get involved. And if you hit one or two of them over the course of five years, you make all your money back, right? Right. Do that in some biotechs. I have a couple of little biotechs right now that I've had for a while. Um, and then you have your investment account, which all should be completely separate. If you're day trading for a living, it should be completely separate. You know, as day traders, we look to make a couple of bucks every day that add up to bigger amounts at the end of the day, the week, the month, and the year. Yeah. But you got to be aware of everything that's going on. And, you know, it's when stocks get to certain points, that's when I think they're okay. We stop buying them, we put them away, and we don't even look at them. We were actually short the market last Friday. And the way we shorting them, is evil, David. <laughs> if you're not shorting as a trader, you're missing half your trading opportunity. That, that's what I say, too. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the truth, right? Yeah. So we bought a little Vixie last Friday. I just thought the market was getting a little frothy. And it, we bought it at 28.50. We sold it yesterday at 29.50. So we made a buck on a trade over the weekend. And I'll be looking to get back into that, quite honestly, if the spiders extend again from here at some point. I think, look, I'm, I, I'm not a, a doomsayer, right? I'm a trader for the most part. Yeah. But I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. That, that's, you know, for a trade anyway. Well, anyway, if you look at S&P and you look at the SPY and, you know, trying to break out and, you know, it is at right near an all-time highs. And, but you look at what's been the driver here. And, I mean, it's been Amazon. It's been the big mega caps. Right. You look at other stocks and you're like, wow, this doesn't feel like an all-time high market. It feels like there's a lot of sectors that are really actually not performing well at all. The banks have been hit. Oil got hammered again, or oil got oil was up, but then it got turned around and hit hard yesterday. The oil stocks, and yep. then, you know, the, so you're seeing certain trades come off substantially here, despite the market indices still holding up. And the big part of that was just Amazon and Apple and Google holding up the markets overall. Exactly but right. take those away, it could have been ugly. Yeah, and the small caps aren't participating, right? They haven't come close to making new highs yet. Yeah. So that could that could be they're actually down. I mean, that could be a little danger sign also of what's going on. Um, you know, Apple is a stock I've owned since 1986. Wow. Um, I, that's I a, nice, that's you know, a nice position. I'll tell you a quick story. Right? I started working on the floor in the New York Stock Exchange in 1985 as a squad, and I think I was making about $97 a week, whatever it was. And I got my first bonus, and I think it was like $3,600, and I was rich, right? <laughs> but I took almost all of it, and I bought Apple stock because I was oh, interested in it. And I think the stock was six or seven dollars at the time. Might have been a little less. I don't remember. Probably. Less. And of course, I bought and sold it over the years. But it's a core position that I will never sell, and I'll I'll leave it to my children because I, I just love Apple. And anytime you have a big dipsy doodle in that, you know, it's just time. Well, to buy. well, there was like a ten-year span though when it wasn't so good. No doubt about it. And oh, up to nineteen ninety-seven, it got, it got down like three bucks, and Microsoft actually bailed them out. Really, which, that's right. You know, they had the deal. Back in 96 or 90s, people forget that. Microsoft had eaten apples all of its lunch. That's and right. Microsoft came to the rescue, really, in 97. And then since then, obviously, Apple yeah, has mean, taken charge. But I, I was underwater in this stock. I was losing half of my $3,600 a month, <laughs> which was a big deal for me. Bucks. And, you know, quite frankly, the first six months of this year, or the last five, and let me go to a weekly chart. The last, you know, not until recently has this stock started to perform a little better again. As you said, it's been a rotation into all these stocks for the last, uh, I guess, five, six weeks. And that's what's been driving this market up higher. Exactly what you said.
That's pretty wild. David, uh, you mentioned working on, on the floor of, of the NICE. Uh, we always ask floor guys for, for a story or two, uh, say for work. Uh, but, but if you have like a funny story that sort of uh, epitomizes what it was like back then. I agree. Do you, do you, is, is it PG or is it not PG? Yeah, you know, where do you, wanna, where do you guys want to go? PG-13. PG-13, please. Where do you want to go? Me I in mean, the middle. PG-13. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it this way. Without getting into any detail, we made the Wolf of Wall Street look like a Boy Scout right. <laughs> back in the day. But when I was a specialist on the floor, so when you're a specialist broker on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, you basically make the market in all the stocks and the people who want to buy and sell it bring you your orders. There was no electronics back then. We used to have to actually write every single order in a paper book when somebody gave you an order and you'd have to write down each order on a paper book. Um, and we used to do a lot of IPOs. And one IPO that we had was uh, Black Entertainment Television. This is 1990. And Robert Johnson was the CEO of BET. But we had um, he had some guests on the floor that day. And one of them was Al Sharpton and one of them was James Brown. So they're at our post and we're getting ready to open the stock and we're figuring out the price and everything. And Al Sharpton didn't know anything about stocks or anything else. So he asked me to explain, Dave, you know, what, what, how do you guys trade down here? What's going on? You know, I see all fractions and stuff like that. And the only way I could think to equate it to him was, uh, Mr. Sharpton, make believe you have a pizza pie, right? And there's eight slices in the pizza pie. So each one of those slices is one eighth of the pizza. And when we get orders in, depending on how big or small the orders are, we tell you what price you're buying it at and whether you're going to get two pieces of pizza or four pieces of pizza. And he still had no idea what I was talking about. And, and once we started trading the stock, all of them kind of just stepped back. Then their mouths were hanging open. They were like, uh, because the whole process down there, and you know, it's like day trading. If you don't know what you're looking at, you have no idea what's going on. None whatsoever. And we used to have, um, we used to torture people that came down on the floor that were uh, visiting and a couple of the, we used to, everyone used to wear the floor shine shoes back then with the little holes in them. Guys, well, you guys are too young probably to remember, oh, that. remember that. Okay. So they had the little holes in them. And if you got powder in them, you might as well have thrown the shoes away. And what we would do is, so they'd be standing in front of the post and we put powder on their shoes. And then every single person on the floor would start stamping their feet on the floor. And you'd hear a thousand people on the floor of the stock exchange stamping their feet. And the guy would finally look down and he'd see that his shoes were ruined and they were all powdered. That was one of the things we used to do to all people down there. We would put the spurs on people, and then everybody in the room would be going, yee-haw, yee-haw, as the guy was walking around on the floor of the stock exchange. Oh, I have to tell you, it was it was like, to me, it was like playing in a Super Bowl every single day. You, got, you guys kind of sound like um, kindergarten compared to what's going on at the CME. <laughs> oh, don't I mean, we oh, told him to keep it PG thirteen. We didn't let him tell the I mean, I mean, come on! I was hoping for you know that that one. Oh, I don't even want to bring up that story again. No, well, I mean, listen, God. I got it. I got into more than one fist fight on the floor. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. those are expensive. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, fights how are about, expensive. How about fifty grand and a month suspension? And this is way Did back you do that? when. Yes, come this on, is way David. Back when. That oh. Was, 
That Don't was a mess lot. with David Green. That was a lot of money way back then. Yeah, because what would happen back, a lot of times. You could have put that money in Apple and been like, <laughs> instead of the 3600 you could have put 50000 in Apple. You wouldn't even have to do the show right now. Well, you guys. The firm paid the fine, right? <laughs> the firm paid the fine. I didn't pay the fine. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, that's the first play in the fine. We'd all be in fist fights. <laughs> I mean, I just. I oh, Dennis, you wouldn't last a day on the floor, man. Come on. You would be like. They were like they would they would no one would trade with you. They're like, hey, don't trade with that. Don't yeah, trade with yeah, Triple right. D. I would have got the crap beat out of me. <laughs> I had I had a nice month off. That was a beautiful thing. And we used to I'll tell you what, I'm one of four brothers. There were four of us. And we all worked on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And it was the first time in the history of the stock exchange that four brothers, no experience, nobody got us a job or anything, started as runners and all became partners of their firm. And at one point, me and my youngest one worked together and my two oldest ones worked together. And we were 10 feet apart. I, we were at one post. They were at another post. And they were right next to us. And we worked together for almost 17 years. And it was the first time it ever happened. And But we were, we, we were self-made guys. One of the things I used to have, too, was um, there were a lot of uh, – what's the best way I can put this? Um, In the PG-13. Well, no, like <laughs> – like waspy guys, guys that were born into the business yeah. with the Patrick Bedley, oh. the, Patrick Bedley the third, and you know what I'm talking about. Sure, right? sure, sure. So I always used to can <laughs> hold a can of Wasprey behind my post, <laughs> and whenever they came in, I'd say, "Oh, here he comes," and I'd spray a little Wasprey on it. One of the <laughs> we used to get, they used to have what you call ratings, right? And your fellow brokers would rate you once a quarter, and depending on the rating you got for your firm it would impact whether you can get IPOs or not because the higher rating you had, wow. the better chance you had of getting an IPO um, when they got listed on the floor. And we used to have hundreds of IPOs every year. And if you got um, if you got one of the IPOs, it was like putting a lot of money in your bank. You'd make most commission dollars and be able to, and be able to trade the stock. And my comment always was, and all my brothers were, <laughs> I hate him with a passion but he's one of the best traders I've ever seen on the Florida New York Stock Exchange because we didn't take any shit from everybody. It was business. You know, that's that's what it was. And it was a one place. in well, I'm not going to say it was a one place in the world because there's probably others. But the better you were at your job, the more money you made. That's it. There was no politics. There was no bullshit. Trading. Yeah. If you made money for your firm, you moved up the ladder. And if yeah. you didn't, you said goodbye. And. We had guys coming down with Harvard PhDs and all this other nonsense. Number one, they couldn't take the pressure, right? Because there are times you have 20, 30 guys screaming at you at the same time. And you got to know what all 30 of them are doing because they all have different orders, buy, sell, whatever. It was very fast paced. Math had to be your forte, right? That had to be your forte because at times I'd have 10 guys in a crowd and 10,000 shares or something would trade and I'd have to divide it up amongst eight guys evenly. And you had to be able to do it very quickly. So it was yeah. 1,600, 1,600, 1,600, 1,600. And you did that all day. Yeah. But, you know, the better you are at your job, the more money you made, which was – there aren't a lot of places like that. You know, there's a lot of politics involved. What yeah. years were you on the on the NYC floor? What I years? started 85. Yeah. So I'll give you a quick synopsis. Started 85, was a runner on the floor, got my first job with a firm about a year later, 86. Was there for the crash of 87. I was a clerk. Um, for the crash of 87. That was the greatest day of my life. That was so much fun. And the <laughs> ensuing times after that. But a couple of guys, one guy passed away that day, um, had a heart wow. attack. There were a few wow. other instances where guys passed away, but we were brutal down there. 
there were times when someone would go down on the floor immediately they'd have a chalk outline around them while they were laying on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to stop okay, that. This is that's tough. That's no, tough. 99% of them ended up being okay. All right. All All right. right. So 1990, I um, became a broker. My firm brought me out. They made me a broker. And then for nine years, um, I was a specialist broker. And then Goldman Sachs bought our firm for $6.5 billion. At the end of 1999, I was with Spear. Oh, you were SLK. Yes. We were too, Bright Trading. We were SLK. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they took us over at the end of 99, beginning of 2000. And uh, we had to work there for two years. That was our contract. Most yeah. of us didn't anyway, because we really didn't want to be there anymore. And P.S., it was the worst trade Goldman Sachs ever made in their life. They paid six and a half billion dollars for the specialist firm. Specialist firms basically disappeared yeah, within two years after that. Yeah. No more commissions, no more IPOs. And Peter Kellogg was one of the smartest men I ever met in my life. His timing was always impeccable. This is the guy who owned one of the principals of um, Spear Leeds and Kellogg. Yeah. And they, they got out at the exactly right time. Everything went downhill from there. So I, I, I started trading on, uh, give me one minute, Spence. Yeah. I started trading on my own after that when I left the floor because I don't know how, no don't know how to do anything else, right? I barely get out of high school. I didn't go to college. It's the only thing I've ever done my entire life. And I proceeded to lose about $300,000 in, I'll say, about a month, a month and a half. Because this is a trader on the floor, right? I had no idea what I was doing, okay? I don't have the order flow in my hands anymore. I don't have the buyers on my left and the sellers on my right. And you got to be, you know, quite frankly, if it's impossible not to make money if you have any clue what you're doing. And then I started you know, doing my technical analysis. It took me about a year to get it back, and I've been trading and teaching people for the last 10 years. All right. What uh, what post were you at, just curiously? like We were in the garage to start. Yeah. Um, then we were in the main room. I think we were post five and six. We They were the biggest specialists by far uh, yeah. on the Florida New York What stocks did you have? I traded, oh, God. I had IBM for a long time. I had Best Buy. I had Bank of America. Yeah. Hun hundreds over the course of the time I was there. Yeah. I, I just, because we, because the way it used to work, like I started Bright 99, but, you know, we trade NYSE. We're sending you all of our orders. It was still, you know, we're sending it through execution, but you're physically like touching our orders down there back in 99. Are you not on the screen? Like how, because it took me eight seconds to get in. I'm just curious on the other side because I trade IBM in 99 too. So I was definitely sending you some orders probably in 99. We were probably trading with each other in 1999. Um, like I send my order. It goes down to the NYSE floor. It takes eight seconds to get back. What is happening in that eight seconds? When I send that order to you on the floor, what's going on for that eight seconds before I get my execution back? Guys, do you hear this really bad echo we have? No. I think we're good. No, I think hold it's on. Just... It, it might be me, but I don't think so. Give me one sec. Okay. Okay. In any case, guys, uh, you can see David uh, live on our channel every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nine twenty-five to about eleven a.m. Uh, right here after this show is done. Um, so that that's in about a half hour from now, actually. Oh, uh, there it goes. It's gone. All right, I'll answer your question real quick. Yeah, okay. Eight, in the eight seconds, what happened? All right, in the eight seconds, either a broker would bring the order to me and say, "I want to buy a hundred shares of IBM." I tell them who he's buying it from and what price, or it would go in our, elect in our electronic system and it would pop up on our trading platform That's as a market order or a limit order, yeah. and I would execute it the same way. You touch the screen to physically execute it? Once we had the elect electronic came in right after the crash in 88. So from 88 on, you had a computer screen where you actually push it, touching the screen and executing the orders. Gotcha. 
There we go. This is the guy who's executing your orders, Dennis. All those years. Correct. That's it. IBM. And, and, I remember train IBM. I love train IBM in 99 because it's a hundred stock. And you paid me for every single order that you did. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, I actually, I'm part of your your Apple portfolio. Came directly from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, real quick, when when we started working on the Florida Exchange, we made three times as much money on commissions as we did trading. Oh, commissions sure. back when we started were like five dollars a share. Yeah. And yeah. people were paying it. You know, they didn't give a shit. All right, go guys. All right, Part David. Language. This is great. Go. We'll get you back. Have more floor stories. More floor stories. Excellent. David Green will be live in a half hour. Wall Street yes. Global Trading Academy is his website. David, so see you in a half hour. All right, see you at thirty. All right, that was fun. Let's do some ticker time. We got a question earlier in the chat, a super chat about Apple. Um, we discussed this at the top of the show, but the question was specifically Apple for the rest of the week. I don't know if either of you have thoughts on Apple rest of the week, short term. Um, it's had an, it's had a big run. So this is the concern and you are coming up to the prior resistance point. If Joel goes out to those monthly charts. We're right there. 144.02, I believe. Is that right? 144.04 is the all time high. So we're right stepping on the all time high there, bouncing up against it, but we kind of run up into it. So you wonder if it doesn't fail there the first time. So my target would be that 144 all time high. Does it, can it take that out? But you know, put it in perspective been a big move for apple you're chasing it to a certain extent here if i wasn't long apple already i am long um in the long-term portfolio if i wasn't long i'd be waiting for a pullback to get in now um the uh a long two and the all-time high was actually made in january at 145.09 where's that in january i didn't see that mm-hmm. the first month of the year right here i got 144.04 we got a different price i have that same one Anyways, no, okay. I got one forty five oh nine. You have one forty four oh nine too. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Somebody's wrong. Okay. Um, here's one we haven't looked at for a couple for a little while here. What about Rocket? We talked about Rocket for a little bit. RKT. I sold it. Um, I just wasn't performing. I sold this when all the meme stocks started going down. I sold anything to do with anything that's memey. <laughs> so when we know that like the meme stocks have started coming down. I know AMC's held up and GameStop, but a lot of these other meme stocks. I've just, you know, kind of just been annihilated, really. Um, RKT has got the fundamentals. I still like the story here long term. I'm out of it at this time. If, if, if it starts to look a little healthy again, I didn't like it was failing around 20. I didn't like some of the other meme stocks started rolling over. The only reason I sold it. Uh, looks like, like you got, yeah, it looks like you got real good support under 18. Uh, I see four lows under 18, maybe seven, 17.75. Uh, to 18 is potential buy area rocket. And then a few people have mentioned Palantir. I do not know why Palantir dipped yesterday after hours. I, I, I saw there still was still dipping this morning. So, oh yeah, look at that. It's still down this morning. Um, I didn't see anything, uh, on, on the news fronts. Let me check on the filing front. There was the, a, the meme stock and Reddit stocks are out of favor right now. Um, I don't know when they come back in the favor, but you group them all together. Palantir is a big Reddit stock. It's out of favor right now. Do they come back in favor? Maybe. Uh, but they all started breaking about six, five, six days ago, right at the top with Palantir. And if you're watching that relationship-based trading works, you know, just looking for indications. Why I was nervous about, and I've been nervous about AMC as well. It's held up better than some of the other ones, but you know, a lot of these stocks that, you know, have been basically talked on social media, talked up on social media by a lot of uh, uh, people for a long time, and especially on Reddit, a lot of those stocks have come significantly off the highs. So there, and, and I don't think it's surprising that you've seen this move into Amazon and Apple as people have been moving out of those small cap, 
you know, these smaller plays that, you know, social media pumped to a certain extent. They've been moving into real stocks and, you know, they were moving into Amazons and Apples and Microsofts and Googles and looking for safety to a certain extent in those stocks because some of these other ones have been coming off. I know Wish was another one. They know it was talked, you know, to everybody's talking that up a lot on social media. That's come off from the highs too. So a lot of these stocks here just, um, I, I'm, I, you've got to get a turn in that trade. So, you know, those Reddit stocks, you group those together. They kind of all do move together to a certain extent. So keep an eye on that trade. If the Reddit stocks start to give some life, then you maybe see stocks like Palantir and Rocket start to look good again. But right now, those are crowded trades that have been coming off. Uh, we're just been a slow leak while we've been on the show. Uh, pre-market low, 25 and a quarter. Kind of looks like we're te- heading toward that close at 34. So I'm going to hop off. Join me. I can cover a lot of these symbols we missed on uh, pre-market prep plus. And uh, Spencer, we'll see you at 3.30. All right, I'm going to bring on new guest Callie Cox. She's a senior investment strategist, and Dennis will, will, will see you later as well. Uh, see, Callie Cox is a senior investment strategist at Ally Invest, joining us for the very first time on the show. Callie, good morning. Hey, morning. Excited to be here. Not much oh, to talk about, though. You, you are. You know, I need some coffee. Hold on. You're, it's too, too much yeah. energy for it's too much energy for this early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it, was that was that sarcastic? Because it is, in all seriousness, feeling a little bit slow right now. Yeah, well, that was a little sarcastic because there okay. are always things to talk about when it comes to these markets. But yeah, it is slow. I mean, it's the it's two days, three days after July fourth, so yeah. I guess it's to be expected. And you know, look at markets; they're reflecting the same thing. So, all right, uh, let's let's get let me get your overall point of view here, and then we'll get dive into specifics. But overall, markets. I mean, where are you at right now as far as like? how you're thinking about the market. We, you know, we're obviously, we're at all time highs. Uh, we are talking this morning about the rotation to big tech. Looks like it, it's going, it, it, it did nothing for a minute there, but now it's going where, where are you at right now in terms of how you're looking at the overall market? Yeah, definitely. Well, right now there's a lot going on. There's always a lot going on, a lot to think about. Um, you know, I'm more of a macro expert. Um, okay. I like looking at the big picture. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm looking at earnings growth, economic growth, I mean, we just had a historic quarter in the second quarter, likely the largest GDP growth we're going to see in decades, likely the largest earning growth we're going to see in decades. So I'm thinking about how to invest past the peak in a business cycle, because I hate to be a downer, but that was probably the peak. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. I mean, we might see growth trend a little bit down, a little bit closer to average, and that might be a scary thing for investors. It might be a tough thing to to digest, but... You know, it's not a bad environment to be in. It's almost like a Goldilocks environment where, you know, growth isn't too high. You don't have as many worries about runaway inflation, which has been a big worry, you know, this year. But at the same time, I mean, growth's not slipping off a cliff. That's the environment we see going forward. And it's, I think investors are trying to process how to invest in that environment. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people will look will look at traditional metrics, you know, forward PE and see it expanding and be like, oh, how, how can I justify this to myself, right? So you posed the question there. How do you invest in a, you know, uh, at, at the later stages or, or uh, post-peak earnings? How do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, it's a lot to chew on. Um, you know, we, we really like looking at growth at a reasonable price. Um, The Wall Street experts call it GARP. I think that's a funny name, So, but I'll use it because it's shorter. Um, So we like the GARP approach. You know, look for companies that are posting those consistent earnings growth figures, and you can see them all across all industries. I mean, big tech 
is one of them, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, the other half of that is looking for, obviously you're looking for growth, but you want to find it at a reasonable valuation. And that's where tech is kind of tricky, but I'll add in too that valuations are going to look different in the second half of the year. Why? Because earnings are catching up. I mean, I just told you we had, you know, historic earnings growth in the second quarter, and we're going to see probably double digit earnings growth in the third and fourth quarters. So those PEs, if you think about, you know, the numerator and the denominator, that E is going to catch up to the P. And I think once that happens, we're going to see, you know, a few opportunities in different industries, you know, maybe materials, maybe financials, um, you know, maybe some opportunities in tech. It'll be all across the board. Oh, and oh, I, well, materials and tech have, uh, you know, have have gone right recently, right? They've all, the tech's going right now. Materials had that that rally around the uh, the infrastructure deal announcement. Uh, overall market, I, I guess, obviously, the, for it, from what it sounds like, you're seeing us higher for the rest of the year. Is what it sounds like you're saying. <laughs> well, I'm no fortune teller, Spencer. Right, right. Um, but we are optimistic on stocks okay. through the end of the year. I mean, as long as the economy is growing, still growing, as long as earnings are growing. You know, we expect the market to grow along with that. And I'm not going to say that it's not going to be it, it's going to be easy because, I mean, we all know it's been a while since we've you know seen a pullback. We haven't seen a 5% pullback since October. That's historically long. We haven't seen a 10% pullback since the last bear market, the COVID bear market. And historically, that's unusual, too. So not going to say that. I, I love that. I, we always freak out whenever there's like a one per two percent down day, but here you are dropping numbers on us, saying no, it's actually been like an historically long period of time without a normal five percent correction. So, perspective. Yeah, trying to get that. The <laughs> beautiful thing. Um, you talked about GARP growth at a reasonable price. How would you measure that? What numbers do you look at? Uh, well, going back to what I said, I like looking at earnings growth. So I like looking at um, individual companies and sector yeah. earnings growth compared to the overall index. That could yeah. be the S&P. That could be the Russell 3000. It's just depending on what you look at. Okay. And but like as far as the individual companies, are you you're looking at like PE, price of sales, like all, all the usual stuff? Yeah. Well, it's going to differ across industry, right? Like financials, it's more price to book. Um, tech, you know, you might want to look at price to sales because earnings aren't the best indicator of potential. Okay. Um, other industries, you do want to look at the PEs. And I like looking at forwards, uh, forward price of sales, forward price to book, forward PEs, because markets do look in the future. Okay. Uh, we, You know, you mentioned earnings. We are coming into earnings season, believe it or not, like next week with the banks and then you know, thereafter with, with everybody else. Um, you know, I obviously, I, I've, I've been reading a lot of upward revisions to earnings and year over year, it's apples to to fish, right? Because you can't really compare to last year is sort of an anomaly. But uh, the expectations seem to be high for earnings. And, and you seem to be in in that camp as well, where you're, you're bullish, you expect strong earnings growth. Uh, I guess the question is, like, how much do you think the market is already acknowledging that this strong expected earnings growth? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Spencer. By the way, I love the apples to fish analogy. I'm going to use that for now. Okay. Uh, you know, that's a really, really good question. And I think in some ways the market has already priced that in. I mean, obviously we've rallied so strongly from the COVID lows right. and a lot of it has to do with the expectation for future strong growth. Um, you know, I think parts of it, they haven't priced, I think parts of it, the market hasn't priced in, and I'm going to go back to the rotation here. I mean, the, the overall market hasn't done much lately. I mean, if you look at the S and P, the line has just been slowly and steadily up and to the right. Um, but we haven't seen that in industries. 
And, you know, industries, we're going to see some variation in earnings growth, but I think, you know, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see some pretty hefty earnings growth across the board. Um, so we talk about the rotation into big tech, you know, that could be, you know, tech has seen a sell off lately. Um, you know, that could be an underpricing of earnings growth that we could see. I guess my point is, you know, the overall market might be pricing in earnings growth, the earnings growth that we might see, but individual industries may not be pricing it in as much. And I still believe that we're going to see hefty earnings growth across the board. Um, and I, I just want to get get your your thoughts. Uh, you know, we, we're, everything we've just talked about has been like a you know a rational market, right? We're talking about earnings growth, fundamental earnings growth as it relates to, to price. And uh, the market, as we know, is not always irrational. Not always rational. It's very very often uh, irrational, and there are moves that make no sense whatsoever, uh, at least on the surface. Um, wh- what do you make of of all of the irrationality? It does seem like this year there is more of that than in prior years, unless you think you, you don't agree with that statement. Yeah, definitely, Spencer. Well, markets are always irrational. You've got that right. Um, and we have seen some pretty crazy things this year. I think it's hard to say that sentiment isn't, sentiment and optimism aren't above average. I mean, there's a lot of confidence and optimism out there. Um, I think it's really hard to measure that right now just because, and I hate the phrase this time is different, but I do think we're looking at an evolved market here. I mean, I think we really are in unprecedented times and we're looking at a market that's evolving before our eyes. So I'm hesitant to step out and say like, wow, sentiment is way too extreme. We're gonna see a pullback here because there are you know, differences we're seeing between now and then the other you know, bubbles of optimism we've seen in the past, like the tech bubble, for example. Um, it's hard to say in a bubble if you are in a bubble, but you know, it's, it, it just it looks a little bit different. And these social investing trends that are going on, um, the meme stock trends, for example, I mean, I mean, I think it's a proliferation of social media. We've seen iterations of that. Um, but, you know, I think it it seems to be just pulling risk out of the overall market into like other little sub park sub pockets of the market and other markets. So I, I don't want to say that optimism is going to lead us to that pullback because right now we're looking at fundamentals and fundamentals still look very strong. Um, but I guess it's really tough to tell. So for all the people saying like, Oh, this is just a good, this is, this is a short term trend uh, with things will go back to relative normal thing, the way they were, you're saying no, not so fast due to the fact that we have all these, you know, commission free retail brokers, uh, you know, the cat's out of the bag now that, things have fundamentally changed? I think markets are ever evolving. And I think we are seeing some of that evolution right now, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before I let you go here, I just want to get your thoughts on like, you know, large cap versus versus small cap here. Uh, and 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 uh, what you're watching as far as that relationship, because uh, every day it, it, it does seem like, you know, the, really, it, the relationship obviously is always evolving. And for a while there, you know, small caps were just destroying um and i want your thoughts on that yeah so we've seen a lot of you know back and forth in terms of leadership and small caps right now are hard to measure because obviously you have the mean stocks phenomenon going on and those are mostly in small cap stocks um right now you know small caps and mid caps do still look like they have some legs relative to large caps and like you said it's changing all the time we are seeing that rotation back into large cap tech but small cap and mid cap earnings potential still looks really good and we have seen large cap, especially large cap value, you know, run a good way this year. 
So we see a little bit more potential in small and mid caps, especially if growth remains above average. And it could go down to average for sure. But if growth, you know, comes down a little bit, but stays above average, then you might find a little more opportunity in small caps and mid caps. You might just have to dig a little, right? <laughs> Since you mentioned the value growth thing, uh, value was back in favor for the first time in, I don't know, a decade. Uh, and it was 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 uh, destroying or out, was outperforming growth there. And everyone was like, oh, is, is this time is value going to finally come back? Uh, and, and, you know, that was a few months ago and it's cooled off a little bit since then, but I also want your thoughts on that relationship. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're right. It's been a tug of war again between value and growth. And we saw value, you know, really take the lead in the beginning of this year. Um, but like I said, we also had a historic first and second, especially second quarter. And typically you do see value stocks do better when the economy is growing because value stocks tend to appreciate with, current performance versus future potential. Um, so that wasn't as big of a surprise to us. Um, I think the timing of it was a little surprising because of course, you know, things were changing so quickly. Um, but typically you do see value perform better in the early stages of an economic recovery. Um, you know, in terms of if, is value gonna you know, do better going forward relative to growth? It's really hard to tell. I mean, obviously you're seeing growth get a bit here and you know, if bond yields stay low, if the expectation of growth slows as we expect it to, then, you know, maybe we see growth take a lead for a little bit. But I think the most important thing to focus on, you know, especially for individual investors, is having a little bit of both in your portfolio. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, be the classic strategist who says diversify, diversify, diversify. But it's so important right now, especially when there's so much uncertainty out there. Um, and we're not quite sure exactly what the economy will look like in the next year. I mean, we can all make our guesses. We can all look at data. But you know, to truly hedge yourself and to truly make sure your portfolio is ready, just have a little bit of everything. All right. And this is really my last one now, I swear. But um, I, I like what, what you, I've been reading your stuff. I like what you say about, you know, now being the best time to invest, you know, is always now, right? And I completely agree with that. So uh, I'm going to give you the floor here. Make the case for, to anyone out there watching and listening, whatever, who's like hesitant and there's all these risk factors, whatever. Um, all, all these reasons why you shouldn't invest um, and shouldn't shouldn't buy whatever it is you want to buy. Make your case now as to why, why, why now is the best time. All right. Well, first of all, invest as early as you can. I know everybody says that, but compounding, if you're a long-term investor, compounding is so powerful. And that's yeah. just the mathematical phenomenon where gains, you know, compound on top of gains, it's exponential growth. But you know, it really is in your best interest to start investing now, even if it's a little bit at a time. I mean, of course, your money, if you have debt, if you have if you have to build up your savings, of course, your money could you could get a more bang for your buck elsewhere. But invest just a little bit. And, you know, even if you're nervous to invest, because here at Ally, I mean, we see a lot of signs of people, you know, not feeling confident. We have the education out there, but they say, you know, I don't feel like I have enough mojo to really step in there and get it done you know, read up on things, you know, try to educate yourself and, you know, test it out a little bit. Just go in there and buy a stock here and there, see what happens. And if what happens is a tough lesson, you know, if it sells off, then look, you just overcame that barrier. Um, so I know it's tough, but, you know, investing is key to building wealth. So invest as soon as you can and, you know, kind of dip your toes in the market a little bit. It's totally okay. I totally agree. It's the 
uh, eighth wonder of the world, right? Uh, compounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Callie Cox is a senior investment strategist at Outline Invest. Uh, won't hold it against her that she went to UNC. Uh, Callie, we we would love we we would love to. Well, I went to Maryland, so you know. Oh, a little bit of ACC action. A little bit of. Uh, anyway, uh, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, a pleasure. Uh, you know, you can read her at Outline Invest. Uh, and Callie, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.